Hello, this is John Pugliano with another installment of the Wealthsteading Podcast. Today we're continuing our discussion on the 10 principles of wealth building. And during this episode, we're going to be talking about the third principle, and that is production is the source of wealth. Let's jump right into today's discussion on wealth building. Uh, what we're going to talk about is also described on my website at uh, www.investablewealth.com under the the uh, tab of Building Wealth. So if you look at that Building Wealth section, you'll be able to see some written commentary that will follow along with what we're talking about today on the Wealthsteading Podcast. Now, when we on the last episode, we talked about saving being a result of your earnings minus your cost of living. And on that principle of living debt-free, that was the second principle of wealth building. In that episode, we focused on the reduction of your cost of living. Now, in this episode, we're going to talk about the earnings side, the production part. And again, this sounds like a simple principle, but you'd be surprised how many people don't understand it. And even if you think in your own life, uh, if you really ask yourself, have you really thought of wealth in this in this manner, that wealth is production. Wealth isn't derived from winning the lottery or uh, an inheritance or something like that. 80% of millionaires in the U.S. today are middle-class millionaires. They're people that have developed some type of a business where they sell a product or a service in their community. This is something that's wanted and needed, and that's how they've built their wealth. And, and so that's what we're going to discuss, and it really comes in three phases. Now, these three phases of production can take as many, as much as 21 years. I, I basically like to look at it as each phase would take approximately seven years. So the bad news is if you're starting from scratch, it could take you 20, 21 years. Now, if you're only 18, that's not a problem. Uh, if you're you know, 55, that might be a little bit of an issue. But that's only if you're starting from scratch. Now, I would assume if you're an older adult, you're not going to have to start from scratch, that you already have some level of training and you could pick up from there. I sincerely believe that in America, even today with all the problems, the perceived problems that we may have, that any family or any individual that really wants to work at it can become financially independent in in as little as 21 years. And if you don't believe me, go back and look at any immigrant community from the time this country started, whether it was the British or the Dutch coming over, in the colonial periods, the Germans, or whether it's uh, the Hispanics or, or Chinese or other migrant groups today. Hard-working immigrants can come to this country, they don't speak the language, they may not even have an education, and in as little as one generation, their family can become financially independent. Well, I believe that native-born Americans can do the same thing. You know, we don't because we're spoiled we don't because we don't we don't see the opportunity. We don't, quite frankly, because we're lazy. So let's get over that and let's look at these three wealth building phases, these processes that we can accomplish in, say, as much as 21 years or maybe as little as less than seven, depending upon where you're starting at. Now, these three phases are the apprenticeship phase, the business model phase, and the investment income phase. Okay, so the apprenticeship phase, when that's exactly what you think it is. It's all about getting an education, receiving training. The apprenticeship period can be as much as seven years or less than that. It depends on where you're at in your educational process. Do you currently possess marketable skills and abilities? Can you do basic math and, and um, you know working with numbers? Can you 
communicate well in the English language? Do you have some, some marketing skills? These are all things that if you don't have, you may have to learn. Now, I can't tell you what's specifically right for you. You have to figure that on your own. If you look at a thousand middle-class millionaires, they all pursued a thousand different paths to get to where they're at. And that's the beauty of our country. The opportunity is unlimited. So in your apprenticeship phase, what you want to do is you want to study and learn how to make a product or provide a service that's needed and wanted in your community. Again, I can't tell you what that is. You need to go out and, f and find that on your own. But once you determine what that is, you need to find out how you can produce that at a reasonable cost. You know, learn how to make it, again, a product or a service. Maybe it's a food product, so you would be a chef or some type of culinary artist. Uh, maybe it's a service like uh, pesticide or lawn care service or accounting. Again, I don't know what's needed and wanted in your community. I don't know what your skills and abilities are. Obviously, if you're lousy with math and figures, you probably wouldn't want to be providing accountant services. You know, on the flip side of that, if you're physically weak, if you have, uh, you know, a herniated disc or something, you probably aren't going to be providing uh, lawn care services. So you need to find out what the niche is that you can provide. But once you do that, all you have to do is be great at it. And I say that in a joking way, but it's true. You've probably heard people talking about to become an expert, you have to put in your 10,000 hours. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. It may take you up to seven years to get trained and educated and to fulfill this, this uh, apprenticeship process. And although I call it an apprenticeship process, it doesn't necessarily have to be maybe the, the blue collar connotation that I'm speaking of it on. Being an apprentice is is what a doctor goes through, right? It's it's called being in residency. Um, being an apprentice may mean you go to school and you get your electrical engineering degree at a university. Again, I can't tell you exactly what that is, but you figure out what product and service you want to provide, and then you spend the next seven years becoming a master of it. That may mean you have to pay someone to learn, like a university or a trade school. That may mean that you get brought in to a company and you work your way up, they start training you on as you accomplish small tasks, they give you larger and larger ones and, and you grow from there. It may just be something you start on your own. You may go to the library and Google and YouTube and learn how to do something on your own. I promise you the seven year training period is critical. And like I say, it doesn't matter what area you're in. I've met physicians that had to go through an apprenticeship. I've met people that paint cars and do auto body work that go through an apprenticeship. It may be called different things, but it's an education and a training process. And the key is, is that you can learn to be great at it and that it's a product and services. Sir, it's a product and service that's needed and wanted and people in your community pay good money for it. The good news on that is it may not take you seven years to become an apprentice, to go through the apprentice process. It may not take you seven years to go through each of these three phases that I'm talking about. It depends where you're at in your life. If you're a 12-year-old or a 14 or you know a 16-year-old, you're probably going to be starting from scratch. Chances are if you're 30 years old, you already have some type of skills and abilities and you don't have to start from the beginning. So let's look at the second phase of production and that's the business model. Now you spent the last seven years or 10,000 hours or whatever it took you to learn this trade or this skill that you are now excellent at. And it's a, it's a product or service that we I keep repeating is wanted and needed in your community. That's a key. You know how to do it. You've, you know, whether, whether again, you were a doctor going through a residency or whether you were an auto mechanic applying your trade, 
you've learned this skill. Now, the other thing to consider about this apprenticeship phase is that you may be getting paid for it. You may spend all seven years on the job training. That's not important. It's not important how you get the education. In fact, it's better, obviously, if you can be getting paid or reimbursed for it. The problem with opportunity in America is is that most people are never entrepreneurial enough to get out of this apprenticeship phase. And you're going to say, oh, John, are you kidding me? People learn and get trained and and move up to different levels all the time. Well, they do. They may go into management, mid-level management or something, or they may get to be a crew leader. But you know, they don't get to that next phase. And the second phase that I'm talking about is the business model phase. The business model phase is where you're, you're called the entrepreneur, right? You're the boss. Most people go to school or wherever. They get their education. They get a job. And even if they rise up in the organization, they still pretty much stay at that level where they're an employee. An apprentice is an employee. Yeah, they may not be getting trained anymore, but they've only risen to a certain level of competency. They're not responsible for profit and loss. They're not uh, going out on their own. They're not making key decisions. So they never really leave that apprenticeship phase. And this even applies, as I say, to people that are in corporate America and have been there for 25 years, even if they're a mid-level manager, if they're not constantly submitting themselves to the risks and the rewards of, of being an entrepreneur, then they really are just in an extended phase of the apprenticeship process. And that's why they don't build wealth. So to get to that next phase, we have to enter the business model. The business model is where you're the entrepreneur. You're the boss. You're, and if you're not physically the boss, so you are still working for a corporation or you're employed by somebody else, even if you're not the boss, you're at least thinking like the boss. You're thinking profit and loss. You're thinking risk and reward. You're thinking beyond the job that you have, and you're looking up and down the supply chain. You're looking, you're looking up the supply chain, and you're seeing, who are my vendors? Who are my suppliers? What, does my, what are the inputs into my industry? And then you're looking at that source of production. Okay, I can do my job, but how do other people in this organization fit together? How do all the nuts and bolts come together to create the final product or service that the customer ultimately wants to buy? And then you're also looking at your distribution channels. Even if you're not in sales, even if you're not in marketing, maybe you're an engineer, you still, at this level, to be in the business model level, you're thinking like the boss of the organization. And the boss of the entrepreneur has the big picture. He sees it from the beginning to the end. And he's always looking at ways to optimize it so that he can make a a better profit. Employees don't think that way because employees never really get to share in the profit. Oh, they may get a bonus or some, some type of an incentive, but it's really the boss. It's the entrepreneur that gets the big payday. So in this phase, you're thinking like the boss, and it's best if you can be the boss. Maybe you started out as an apprentice, you learned your trade, you went to work for another company or corporation, you did that for seven years or so, then you quit and you go out on your own and you start a small business, or you start supplying to the company that you used to work for, or you work for them as a contract employee, something. It's something where you are the boss, where you're the key decision maker, you're responsible for all the risk, but you also enjoy all the reward. And you see, that's the key. And that's why I say that the third wealth building principle is that production is the source of wealth. The source of wealth doesn't come from our paycheck. The source of wealth doesn't come from compensation we receive from the government. The, the source of wealth doesn't come from an inheritance or, or winning the lottery. The source of wealth has to come from production. And you have to go from being just an apprentice or just a trainee or just an employee to actually being the boss, to being the entrepreneur. And when you figure out how to 
provide the product and service better than other people in your area, when you're better than the competition, the customers will flock to you because you found a better way to do it, because you've found efficiencies in your system, because you're unique and you're using your unique traits and abilities and skills to provide this product or service, you are going to be better than the competition. And as a result of that, you're not going to get a small incremental profit. You're going to get a windfall. The amount that you receive will be larger in, in, um, in reward than the effort you put into it. It has to work that way. Remember in previous episodes, we talked about you can't just get paid like an hourly wage or paid only for your for your efforts. You have to you have to put your assets to work for you. You have to be compensated over and above what you do. Well, that's what the entrepreneur, that's how he's paid. That's how the boss is paid. You're not being paid because you personally worked or even the three or four or the hundred people that work for you put in so many hours to do it. It's that your idea is better. It's that your system is better. It's that the brand that you created receives a premium in the marketplace. And that's how you get wealthy because you're being paid on a grander scale than on the effort you're putting into it. Now, again, this business model phase, it may take you seven years. It could only take you three. It depends on how good you are. It depends on where you're starting from. Now, the final phase that I want to talk to you about of the production cycle is investment income. Now, you went through these three phases. You spent seven years or so as an apprentice. You spent seven years or so building the business model, learning how to be the boss, actually taking over and being the entrepreneur. Now, this last phase... Now, this is the exciting part, this investment income phase of the, of the process, because once you've built this business model and it's throwing off these profits to you, you're able to take those profits. And whether you reinvest them back into your company, whether you put them into real estate, whether you put them into the stock market, again, you ask a thousand different millionaires how they got where they are and you'll get a thousand different answers. I can't tell you at this point what you're going to do. You'll find a way to reinvest this income and it'll provide you an even larger return than what you're getting on your current business. And this is the business that you still have to go to, right? You're still working 40 or 50 or 80 hours a week with your business because you're the boss, you're the entrepreneur. If you're not there, your employers are going to slack off. You know, if if Steve Jobs didn't go to the office every day when he was at Apple, uh, the the creativity would have suffered, right? He was he was the emphasis at Apple at the time that he was running it. So he still had to be there. You're going to have to be at the business model phase of this process. But when you get into the investment income, this is where you don't have to be there. This is where you're sleeping at night and your assets are still making you money. Again, I can't explain to you exactly at this point what it is you're going to invest in. But because you've developed these abilities to be able to see value and understand profit and loss, you're going to know how to invest your money. And you're going to have assets in the neighborhood of $250,000, maybe $750,000. Because that's going to be profit that's being spun off from your business model. And if you remember in our earlier lesson, we talked about living debt-free. So you learned how to save. And you're not wasting that money. You've been constantly saving it. And since you've saved it, you now have this war chest. This war chest is going to hold several hundred thousand dollars at least. You're going to be able to put that money to work outside of what you do every day. And again, I don't know if it's going to be in in rental property and real estate or in the stock market or where you're going to put that, but you're going to find a way to generate investment income off of this. Now, just like the previous two phases, this investment income phase is going to take maybe up to seven years. Again, it depends on how much capital you're going into it with, how experienced you are, what kind of market conditions you're in, but it could take up to seven years. Remember, your business model is constantly throwing off 
profits. You're reinvesting those profits during this investment income phase and you're compounding it and making even more money that you're rolling back into. So after about a seven year period, you now are at the point where you're financially independent. If you chose at that point, you could just stop working, you could sell your business, you could um, stop reinvesting if you wanted to. Now, when I mean that you're financially independent, generally what I'm saying is, is that you have, would have enough to live at your current uh, level of, of um, lifestyle for the next 20 years. So just to make the numbers easy, let's say that you're, you're living off of $100,000. Your, your lifestyle requires $100,000. 20 years would be $2 million. So for you to be financially independent, you'd have to have $2 million. Obviously, if you're living off of $50,000, you can do it with half, half that money. But the point is, is that you don't have to get up and go to work for the next 10, 15, 20 years if you don't want to. Now, because you've developed this productive lifestyle, though, because you're an excellent saver, because you're well-trained in identifying markets and producing products and services that people want, because you are adept at putting together business models, because you've been the boss and been the entrepreneur, and because you've generated all this wealth through your ability to have an investment income stream, you're probably not going to quit everything tomorrow. But that's not the point. The point is that you could if you chose to. And that's the whole point of wealth being freedom. That's the whole point that you want to get to in your life, where if you chose not to go to work tomorrow, if you chose not to do anything tomorrow, you would still have an income that you could live off of. So that's the whole point of the exercise. Now, again, I know you may be saying, hey, this is impossible. This can't be done. Or it used to be able to do that, but you can't do it anymore. It's not true. Look around you. You will see people from immigrants that migrated here 20 years ago to just people that were born here, men or women that are uh, in their late 40s or early 50s, that they, they have their own small business. They did exactly what I just told you about, and they are in that position. I know it's true. I've seen it with my own life experiences. And the good news is, as I've said, you don't have to spend seven years in each one of these phases. So as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, I call myself a late-blooming entrepreneur because I was 35 years old before I really figured out what I wanted to do in life, and then it took me another you know 10 or 15 years from there to be able to put it together to where I was totally where I was totally the entrepreneur where I was totally the boss so I know it can be done as I keep mentioning I can't tell you specifically what you can do because I don't know what's needed in your market I don't know what's needed in your community but I know if you're smart enough to be listening to this podcast then you're smart enough to go out and follow these three steps that I've laid out the apprenticeship phase the business model phase and the investment income phase. You can put that together. I did it. I'm not a genius. I'm not a rocket scientist. The path is there. You just need to spend some time understanding what it is that you can do. And we'll discuss those things in upcoming podcasts. For now, though, I'm going to close out this episode and we'll end the third wealth building principle. We've been discussing production as the source of wealth. I do ask you to join me in the next episode where we'll talk about the fourth wealth building principle, which is identifying value. Now, if you have any questions or comments about this podcast, you can get in touch with me through the website. That's wealthsteading.com. As always, I enjoy being your host. This is John Pugliano. I'll see you on the next episode.